Welcome to the Life in the Red podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star, your source for Husker news, analysis, and more. From football in the fall to recruiting in the summer, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Bassnett, Parker Gabriel, and Stephen M. Sipple. Three, two, one. Welcome in. That's a surly Steve Sipple counting us in. Yeah, uh, it I'm is. Chris. There's Parker. It's the Life in the Red podcast. 3.14 p.m., April 27th, 2022. It's a beautiful spring day here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska football team hoping for a beautiful weekend this weekend. We'll touch on the Huskers. We'll touch on the NFL. Spring draft. game. Spring, spring game, game this weekend, right? Yeah, the spring game is Saturday, Sipple. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah, I think that got by me. I'm yeah, it slipped your mind a little bit. Yeah. It got by me. And then we'll, we'll also uh, we'll touch on some baseball and hoops on our way out the door here. But, hey, let's get right into it. Uh, Nebraska hoping for a big weekend on the uh, transfer portal front, as uh, excuse me, as far as players coming in. Uh, pretty close on a – or been in pretty heavy contact with some defensive linemen, as everybody knows, some pass rushers. O'Shawn Mathis from TCU, Devin Drew from Texas Tech. Sounds like we're going to get answers on both those guys uh, in the coming days. So I guess I'll turn it over to you guys. Parker Sip, what, how do you like Nebraska's chances of landing one and or both of those guys at a position Nebraska really needs help? I think given the circumstances, we let Parker um, have the floor. <laughs> Should I take the floor? Please. <laughs> take Please the take floor I work, me and Baz are sort of in our fields, so you might have to carry <laughs> You might have to carry this a little bit. Well, Baz is now choking to death on Mountain Dew. I got okay, Mountain Dew man. halfway up my nose. Uh, well, like that's oh. a big change. Isn't that yeah. that's that's super weird, isn't it? Well, better than having something else halfway up my nose, I guess. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, yeah, I'll start. It's um, We'll talk about me later. That's fine. Let's talk about recruiting for right now. Um, yeah. I think we want to do it. I think the Brad, however you want to do it. Uh, I think Nebraska is in pretty good shape um, for, for both guys. You know, we know for sure that O'Shawn Mathis is deciding or announcing his decision between Nebraska and Texas on Saturday. And I just, I don't know, Sipple. I get the sense that Nebraska is in pretty good shape for him. Now, I'm sure people around Austin would say the same about the Longhorns. I mean, there's two teams left standing for him, and you know what the deal is. Um, he's the athletic had him ranked as the best player available in the portal. He's a position of need for both teams. Uh, he's had 13 sacks over the past two years. He's probably, he'd be the best pass, pass rusher Nebraska's had probably under Scott Frost, um, the most accomplished at least. And so it's a huge, that's a huge one. Um, and we'll all find out together on Saturday. I I feel better about Nebraska's chances now than I would have told you maybe a couple of weeks ago. I think they've done as good a job as they can do on him. And I think they're in really good shape for Devin Drew. Um, you know, and we'll see if that, you know, that could happen on Saturday as well or this weekend. Um, and I mean, if they just added Devin Drew, I think that would be, um, that'd be productive for the defense. He'd be sort of a Casey Rogers replacement uh, would be, I guess, the simplest way to think about it. And if they added both of those guys, um, now you're you feel less worried. Maybe not entirely alleviated, but substantially less worried about the the depth up front. They were able to land both of those guys. Devin Drew from Texas Tech. Uh, I mean, his stats: he had 34 tackles last year. That's a good number for a defensive tackle. Played on the end of a three-four front. Um, 
He, um, I like the fact that he played every game the last two seasons. Availability is critical. And he um, played 11 games in each of his two seasons at Iowa Western before that. So, and, okay. Yeah. So he's played in 44 college games in four years. Is there any reason um, why I couldn't call Scott Strohmeyer for quotes on him? I don't think so. The SID could, could is, comment on him? I'm sure he could, yeah. Yeah. The SID yeah, at Iowa good. Western got mad at me once because I just texted Strohmeyer and he called me and we talked for a few minutes and he's like, <laughs> the guy introduced himself. He's like, going forward, if you wouldn't mind. It's like, okay. Okay, well, I'll take, I'll, I'll take that under consideration. Yeah, they, and then just they, call um, Scott, yeah. I, uh, Devin Drew, yes, it feels like they have a very good chance with Devin Drew. I don't know. I don't want to make any predictions on O'Shawn Mathis. He said it's down to two. That's good enough for me right now. Um, but yeah, I think Drew would, would, would alleviate a lot of fears. In fact, he's in some ways, now don't, all, no disrespect to Casey Rogers, but you're getting a healthy player for sure. Right. Um, that doesn't, that doesn't seem to have any injury history of note and that's big and he's productive. He's productive. We're not hyping a guy. We know nothing about. He's done it in the big 12 at a pretty high level for, for a poor defense, but he played at a, a high level, high enough level. What yeah, do you think that's? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. It's your pro football focus had him rated as their best run defender, Texas tech's best run defender. Last year, and Pro Football Focus also had him north of 500 snaps over 13 games. So you got one extra game. But even if you even if you acknowledge that Nebraska only played 12, Texas Tech played 13, he still played more snaps per game than anybody on Nebraska's defensive line last year, except for Ben Stilley. Ben Stilley played like 560, um, was sort of a three-down type of guy for, for Nebraska. So that's what you're talking about. I mean, you're essentially talking about a starting caliber workload um, that Devin Drew handled last year at Texas Tech. And so you have fact-based evidence that he, you know, that he's capable of playing that number of snaps, um, you know, at the, at, at the power five level. Park. I think anytime you can get a transfer from Texas Tech's defense, you absolutely have to do it. There, there's no, Whoa. no, I'm just joking. Whoa. I'm just joking. Come on. We Come all know Big 12 defenses are he's, traditionally very stout. No, he's going to sweep in here from the plains and find your bald head. Um, My bald <laughs> head. Who's wearing a hat, big boy? <laughs> he's going to sweep right in here from Lubbock. No, like, like the like wind that? rolling down the West Texas plains. He's going to sweep yes. into Nebraska and take me down. No, look, he's – He's what Nebraska needs, right? He it's, it's everything you guys said. Like, he's played a ton of college games. He's stayed healthy. He's durable. And he's got experience in a Power 5 league. Like, it's it's exactly what Nebraska needs. And it's it's really just that simple, I think. You can talk about – and I just joked about it, but you can talk about the defense he played in and how productive it was or whatever else. But, look, it's, it's one guy coming in at a position need that you know can stay healthy and you know is going to be pretty ready-made to, to fit right in. So, it's, I mean, it's, it makes sense for Nebraska. It makes sense for Devin uh, because it's a fit and it's a place where he's going to play a lot of football and, and get a chance to prove himself in the Big Ten. So, yeah, look, if Nebraska gets this guy and it sounds like, like Parker said, they're in pretty good shape to get him, it seems like a pretty good weekend for Nebraska, even if you just get him. A side note, Parker, you have a, a if – 
just-in-case story ready for Devin Drew. Do you have that pro football focus information in there by any chance? I believe I do, yeah. All right, thank you. Yeah. We have a just-in-case story ready. A little behind the scenes, a little behind, yeah, behind the scenes, a little how the sausage is made. Yeah, I think it's yeah. fair. I mean, just just, just in case. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I people mean, do not have to worry. It will not be that I've written it from the front seat of a U-Haul. <laughs> we might ask you to do things like that, but um, <laughs> joking, Parker. <laughs> you are you are on your own. On well, we'll get to this later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, Free I think that, so. The other Free thing about yeah. what? No, go Free ahead. The, um, the other thing about all of this is that what you're really like, I think Scott Frost said this on the radio the other night. Um, he said he they like what they have on the defensive line. Like they like their young guys. Um, they just need more. That's the thing. I mean, you can't go into a season with Ty Robinson Nash Hutmacher, who's never played um, substantial snaps uh, over multiple weeks or let alone an entire season uh, and uh, walk on like Colton Feast, even if he's a guy you like. And, you know, that's just not that's not enough experience to hold up on the interior for a full season in the Big Ten. So the thing that adding a guy like Devin Drew does and then, you know, they, they probably need more than just him if they're going to feel good about it. Maybe that's Mathis. Maybe that's Lamar Goods, who's a defensive tackle from Florida that I think is going to visit next month. Um, what it does is, it first of all, it's competition, and it, it allows you to, to space out your reps a little bit. But it also means that if Nash Hutmacher makes as big of a jump as they, they think he might make this year, then that's a bonus rather than a thing that you absolutely have to have just to have enough. You know, that's um, – Suddenly, if uh, Mosai Newsom takes what he learned in the spring and turns into a 20 snap a game player or a 10 snap a game player, um, that's that's great. That's you just add that another log to the fire rather than it being like, wow, thank goodness that happened. Otherwise, what would we have done? You know, it's just more cover uh, and you can never have enough. I mean, you can never have enough in the trenches in the Big Ten. There you go. I think that's a pretty good breakdown of what Nebraska's got coming this weekend. Yeah. Is there, is there anybody else coming Parker that you know of? Not that I know of. I mean, I know that they're, they're still recruiting offensive linemen uh, in the portal and there's some other positions they'll, they'll be looking at uh, tight end linebacker probably. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, they've got other, they've got other irons in the fire uh, in terms of portal guys, but those, I think, I think if you were, saying, okay, this weekend, who are we on decision watch for? I mean, we know Mathis is, is announcing on Saturday. He said that. And then I think Devin Drew is probably the other guy that we're on sort of like commit watch for, um, regardless of who he picks. And then after that, I think it's probably they're still, you know, kicking tires and lining up visits and that sort of thing. Kicking portal tires. That's all we're doing. Everybody's just kicking the portal tires right now. We'll talk, uh, we'll talk a little hoops portal uh, later on. Speaking of portal tires, Baylor Shireman just announced on Twitter of his final 10 schools, and Nebraska's included that in that list. Uh, we'll, but we'll talk about that more later on. Shireman, of course, six foot, six foot six guard from Aurora, who was at South Dakota State the last couple of years. Let's talk a little more football. Let's talk the other big event, <laughs> the other big event happening this weekend besides the transfer portal. That's the NFL draft. Uh, maybe you've heard about it. Oh. 
Uh, several Nebraska players looking to get picked relatively high. Uh, most notably Cam Jurgens, uh, the offensive lineman, Austin Allen, Cam Taylor, Britt, Jojo Doman, your other guys that are, at, that are probably looking at getting picked somewhere, if not the first day, then certainly probably on the second day or early at some point in the second day. So we, we've, uh, we know what kind of talent Cam Jurgens possesses. He's expected to be an early second round pick. Um, don't, doesn't look like Nebraska is going to, going to break their drought of first round picks this year, but it's still going to be a pretty good showing. Uh, you're going to see Cam get picked pretty high. You're probably going to see Cam Taylor Britt get picked relatively high. JoJo, I think, is a guy that's that's going to going to get picked relatively decently. And, and then same for Austin Allen, who's who's been who's been who was impressive at, at Nebraska's pro day, I thought. So again, I'll turn it over to the experts. What are you guys kind of looking for this week? And as Nebraska's guys get set for the draft, uh, projections. I think you could see Cam, like you said, Cam Jurgens going in the second round, maybe. Um, I think he's it's either he or Cam Taylor Britt first off the board and far as Nebraska goes, I, I, I would say Jojo Doman probably right after them. Um, and then I would say a drop to Austin Allen. Um, uh, I read Parker's story that Samari Toure has been making the rounds to NFL camps and has been impressive. I like Toure and I do. I'll tell you though, having covered for instance, Jordan Westercamp and Kenny Bell, and then watching them try to make NFL rosters so hard. I mean, just what I learned during that period is it's incredibly hard to crack a top six in the NFL. Yeah, Stanley um, Morgan, too. Stan, thank you, Parker. Exactly. It's just hard. They're, if you look at each team, which I, I, I was doing during that period, it was incredible, the talented receiver and, and how – they don't keep that many, you know, there's probably six. Um, and it's just hard. It's hard to crack that. So I don't know. Trey, that's what he faces. But that's – did I miss anybody, Parker? No, I don't think so. And then I th- I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked. I don't not, – we're not probably talking about the draft. But I, I do think that at least one of Deontay Williams and Markel Dismuke might find yeah. their way into a, a mini camp somewhere. And then it's hard. I mean, it's obviously hard uh, to, to make a team – from that position. Guys do it every year. There's undrafted guys across the league that make a 53 man roster uh, every year. Luke, Luke Gifford did it um, uh, with the Cowboys a couple years ago and is stuck as a special teams guy. And now, you know, he's playing a little more linebacker as well. Uh, but yeah, I think those guys, they'll be, they'll be in the conversation uh, in terms of, you know, their phones uh, will be ringing on Saturday. I would think with, with offers to come at least uh, be in, be in camp. Um, I was looking at this the other day, Cam Jurgens. If he goes 53rd or higher, he will be the highest picked Nebraska player uh, since Prince and Mukamara, the last first round pick. You know, we don't think Cam will probably go in the first round, but if he goes 53rd, that was so in 15, Amir Abdullah went 54th, and then Randy Gregory went 60th. So that's what you're talking about. Um, you've seen Stanley John Baptiste went 58th overall. Um, looking at the list right now, Levante David was also 58th overall. Worked out pretty good for uh, a pretty good pick at number 58 for him uh, yeah. uh, over the years. But yeah, so that's kind of that's as high as uh, we've seen anybody go from Nebraska in the last decade. So that's really uh, I got a story about Cam that will be on the Journal Stars website. By the time most people listen to this podcast, probably later later on Wednesday evening, um, 
went down to Beatrice this weekend and, and went to Bulls uh, sporting goods store. He was doing a signing down there and it was cool to see this, you know, small town kid. I think the general consensus is only the second guy from Beatrice ever to be uh, drafted. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and, and he's got a chance to maybe be the second uh, center off the board after Tyler Linderbaum from, from Iowa. A deficiency alert. Who I don't know who Baz. Do you know who the first Beatrice player would be? Come on, Baz. Come on, Baz. Uh, the first Beatrice player to be picked in the NFL. Draft. I know who it is. So you don't, don't look. Oh, you up. do. Yeah. You do. Um, a good question. Let me. You're employable, Parker. <laughs> you're you're employable. You've you've got some oh. skills. I am. I don't know. I don't know the answer. It's uh, Xavier Oman. Oh, back. sure. Yeah, the running back. Yeah, yeah Xavier he Oman. He went to Southeast Missouri State, maybe? Northeast Missouri. Northwest Northeast Missouri, Missouri State. Other North, corner. Yeah. yeah. Directional, directional Missouri State. Got drafted in the sixth round in 08, maybe? Something like that. He had a great college career. I think he I think he finished his, his college career like his Division II's all-time leader in touchdowns or something like that, rushing touchdowns or something like that. He had a great college career. Yeah, he was a whale of a player. Say yeah, the name again, please. Xavier, Xavier Oman. Oman. Running back. I'll be darned. Yeah. Played for the uh, – I believe he played for the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken. Could be wrong. Yeah. Maybe yeah, just mixing up pick. orange colors. Could be. <laughs> that's what it was that uh, must have been what it was we're gonna google that because i want to know right now he was a yeah northwest missouri state originally from beatrice he was a sixth round pick oh uh, the broncos the bills and the broncos that's what it was i'll be darned i'll be darned he I had know it was six carries for five yards as a rookie in Buffalo. And then the next year he had five carries. And it looks like he mostly bounced around practice squads after that. Yeah, he was out of the league by uh, by 2012, it looks like. There you go. The other so, Beatrice uh, draft pick. So the draft is upon us. And where was what was that sporting goods store called again? Rules. U-H-L apostrophe S down in Beatrice on 5th Street. Okay, thank you. Yeah, it's right there on 5th Street. Right there on 5th Street. <laughs> yeah. A little right bit north of north. Rexall. A little, little bit north of uh, Court Street. Yeah. Hey, you have a steel trap. Um, <laughs> it was 70. It was 96 hours ago. It's not that Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't long ago. You're not at uh, Any other tell you you're at Yeah. Any other football we need to we need to hit on here before we move on? Uh, I don't think so. I just think it's going to be interesting. I think Cam Taylor Britt and JoJo Doman, like I think that will be interesting. You know, there's a lot Agreed. of talented DBs yeah. and a lot of talented linebackers, but they each have some versatility in their own right. Taylor Britt, you know, some teams like him as a corner, and and I think running four three seven at the combine probably really helped him in that regard. Like the trust that he can hold up in man and run with receivers in the NFL, um, but he could play safety too. And he's done that at Nebraska, he did that earlier in his career. Um, and then with Doman, you know, he could be an off-ball linebacker. Um, he might be able to give you a little bit as a, as a safety or a nickel, depending on package and, and opponent and all that. And so those are both guys that I think that's going to help them. And then they're both, um, you know, they'll both be, be value-add on special teams probably too. So that they're both um, 
guys that, you know, Friday night could be a busy night for Nebraska. And that's rounds two and three. And that we haven't really recent years, mostly it's been Saturday uh, for Nebraska. But I think there's a chance of, we'll see uh, with Doman, but I think there's a chance all three guys could go um, on Friday night, which would be obviously speak well of the, of the program, except for the fact that they've won three games. <laughs> yeah, except for that minor, that minor detail. All right. Should we move on? Talk a little hoops here. Hoops. Love that. Love that. Yeah, as I mentioned uh, a little bit ago, Baylor Shireman's narrowed his his list of schools to uh, 10. Uh, one of the most coveted players available in the transfer portal. Nebraska makes the cut along with Creighton. Uh, some other schools you may have heard of, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, Texas, Arkansas, Clemson, and then Mississippi State and Wake Forest also in that list. So Nebraska's got some pretty steep competition if they're going to bring the, the Aurora native back home, so to speak, but it would be a massive, massive ad for Nebraska. And I think their odds maybe got a little bit better uh, today with Antonio Reeves, the Illinois State transfer committing to Kentucky. That was a guy Nebraska had really gone after hard when he went into the portal. Nebraska needs a guy uh, that can play kind of that off guard wing spot and can score it. Baylor Sherman can obviously do that. Summit League player of the year shot 47% from three point range. Great passer, great shooter has good, good positional size and a guy that would kind of be the final, well, he would be the final piece uh, of the puzzle for Nebraska this offseason. If, if Nebraska were able to land him, I would expect a decision on that from Baylor, probably in the next two to three weeks. Um, and then that, if, if it happens, that gives you an idea of what the roster is going to look like, uh, especially with uh, Lat Mayan and, and Trey McGowan's yet to make their final decisions as to whether they'll come back or not. The writing will kind of be on the wall. Uh, at that point for both those guys. But yeah, Nebraska's in it for a guy that a lot of schools are, are after. So it's going to be fun to watch. I just started covering sports and following it. Is he yeah. a, is he a, grad, <laughs> is he a, is he a graduate? Is he a, he'd have two years of eligibility left. Um, and two he's, years. he's got two years. Um, and he's, he's highly regarded. Yeah. yeah. He's highly regarded. Like there's, there's a chance he could be drafted in the NBA draft. Uh, he, like a second round type guy. And, it's a lot of this. Well, a lot of this will hinge on what kind of feedback he gets from NBA scouts. And his goal, like a lot of these guys, is to play in the NBA. And and coming from Aurora, if you've got a chance to get to get drafted, you're probably going to take that. So it, it'll depend on that feedback he gets uh, from the NBA as to whether he even comes back to school or not. There's still a chance he just he goes to the NBA and that's it, and, and everybody else moves on. But should he come back? Look, Kentucky's in the mix, even though they just they just signed Reeves. They're kind of looking for one more piece there. Mentioned Duke, you know, some other. I mean, Nebraska's going up against all the heavy hitters here. They they have the advantage of being the home state school, but it's going to be a fight for NU. Uh, so we'll see what it turns out like. And, and it would certainly add, uh, not that there was any, be any more needed, it would certainly add intrigue to this season for Fred Hoiberg. You bring back Sam Griesel, the, the Lincoln native. Yeah, the Aurora native, Baylor Shireman, two guys that are going to play a lot of hoops for you, maybe both start for you when all, all is said and done. Good recruiting class. Uh, you return a decent core coming back of, of players that, that sell the court for you last year. And, and you you brought in a new assistant coach, Adam Howard, that's going to re, reinvent the way Nebraska plays defense. So there's a lot going on there, and this is kind of the latest piece in that. Nebraska's been more selective this year. Uh, when it comes to transfers, as far as, you know, it's it's not like there's a guy that goes on the portal and Nebraska's immediately one of the schools that's mentioned being in contact with them. They've been much more selective this year. They'd like to get one more piece. 
and, and guys like Baylor Shireman don't just don't just drop into the portal every day. So if Nebraska is able to pull this off, it would be I would consider it a coup for Nebraska basketball. Well, think about it in terms of I don't know Baz at what point you check on ticket season ticket sales. I don't know when all that goes into effect, but think about the impact having Shireman and Greasel on your roster would have on season ticket sales. It would have a significant impact. I would tell you that right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And look, we all saw it last year, you know, attendance, attendance was down. Nebraska wasn't very good for the third year in a row. And they had the nice finish to end the year, of course, but they were, they were very disappointing from game one last year when they lost to Western Illinois in the season opener. And it was, there was a lot, there was a lot of nights where it was real empty in Pinnacle Bank Arena. So yeah, you need something to drum up excitement. And there's, there's certainly going to be interest there because Fred Hoiberg's kind of a similar situation as Scott Frost, kind of a prove it type year after, after having the, the contract renegotiated with Trev Alberts. So there's going to be interest there, but that's not enough to put butts in the seats. You've got to be, you've got to have some, you've got to have something else. And, and having two guys from, from Nebraska, from Lincoln, from an hour and a half down the road, that's, that's interest. And it's two guys that are going to play. It's not like you're just adding two schlubs that are going to be walk-ons, you know? So, um, it's, it's guys that would play and have a key role in how this goes for Nebraska. So yeah, it's, you're absolutely right. So it would be something that would absolutely get, get butts in the seats come this fall. Schlubs. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, Loves. no offense to the actual yeah schlubs. No, no offense to the guys that are walking on. They're certainly not schlubs, but you get, you get the, the point. I'm, I, I understand. You know, yeah. we get, we get used to the, we, we've sort of gotten maybe not numb, but we've become accustomed to the portal. Um, in the way it's mysterious ways at this point. Right. And like guys go in the portal, guys from smaller schools go in the portal, they get recruited up from all over, depending on, you know, demand and, and, and skill obviously and all of that. But it just, when I see that, like when I saw that the way that Baylor Shireman just blew up, I mean, and he had, you know, they had a nice, uh, they had a great run obviously in the summit league tournament. And then, um, you know, they played tough in the first round of the NCAA tournament and, and they were they got off to a hot start and all that. So he was sort of like he had a good month of March in terms of, you know, exposure and all of that. But like the way that he blew up when he went in the portal, it just made me think, like, just imagine what that would have been like if he would have been recruited like that out of high school. You know, I know like playing in Aurora and getting recruited by Duke. And, and I, it's happened, obviously. Um, you know, the kid from Grand Island had offers from all over the place. But it's just amazing I to me that, you know, this this guy is a prolific quarterback, high school quarterback in high school. He's a great basketball player and he ends up going to South Dakota state. And you're like, wow, that's pretty solid. You know, D one solid program and all of that. And then three years later, he's getting recruited by like literally every blue blood basically in college hoops. It's crazy. Yeah. How, how that yeah, goes. it's the, the, the list of schools that didn't make the cut uh, for Baylor's final 10 is pretty impressive too. Gonzaga was, it was a team that was at, I mean, it was, it was any high major you want to talk about basically Gonzaga chief among those so yeah it's it's a fast it's how many years now we have we heard that nebraska needs to keep some of these local kids at home and you're going back to you know the the jesse cars from ainsworth and and guys like that it's it's been like this for the better part of a a decade decade plus now and now you've got the chance to have two of them on the same team in a critical year it's it's going to be interesting to watch it should be a real interesting couple weeks for for fred and and his staff there will get this done Speaks to the other side of that coin, though, too, right? Like, it y- there are several guys uh, from the state who they're they've already gotten or are going to get a second chance to recruit, basically. And that could be that could go either way, where it's a guy that you liked and offered, and he went somewhere else, and 
who knows, so many kids transfer that maybe you'll get another crack at them down the road. Um, Or maybe it's a guy who you're not quite sure, you know, you know, maybe you're not entirely sold or maybe you don't think that three years of development is, is what's in the best interest of both parties or however it goes. You just never know. You never know if you're going to get another shot at recruiting some of these guys. And now this is the second time already this off season that Nebraska's got a second chance at, at recruiting a kid from, from the state. Yeah. It's interesting because obviously they want to get Baylor. Obviously they want to get Antonio Reeves, but if you miss on both of those guys, then it becomes where do you turn now? Because, you know, you're getting kind of late in the process. You need to get your roster, you know, kind of settled and figured out here in the next month or so, basically. Um, and because you're, you're going to start summer workouts, you're going to start summer classes in June. So and that's that's not that far away. So it, it's interesting because, yes, Baylor's a hometown kid, a home state kid. He's got a chance to come back and make an impact and make a big impact. But if they don't give him the other if they don't get him, the other side of that is you're you're right back at square one, like looking for a guy that, that you think can come in and score a bunch of points for you right away. And, and at this point in the portal game. It's, it's tough to find those guys. I think I saw this morning, there's over 1,500 kids in the portal right now for basketball. So there's a lot of kids out there. There's not many that can play the role Nebraska needs. needs oh, well, I see. Yeah, yeah, that's still a lot. God, you think you'd find somebody in there. You could. I mean, get you 25 you? a game. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. It's hard. People no, get it's... you 25 in the Big Ten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of guys that do that. It's hard. It's hard. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you'd like to get Baylor, but if you don't get him, then what? Like, like you might be able to find a guy, but you're not real sure if he'll pan. And who knows if Baylor would pan out either. We don't know that, but, but he's, he's a legit pro prospect. And, and look, these other, these, these t- other teams are after him for a reason. So the kid can play. We, we know that. And so, yeah, it's, it, it becomes a, it's a fun game to kind of sit and watch. It's probably not real fun if you're Fred Hoiberg and his staff trying to recruit guys and fill that last spot, because if you don't get him, you're, then you're right back. You're right back at zero. Not just a barrel of monkeys either if you're the South Dakota State coach. Uh, right. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> right. Also, also that. Yeah, you're losing the yeah. Summit League player of the year off your team that won 30 games last year. Yeah, that, I, I was reading the Northern Iowa coach was commenting on coaching at a place like Northern Iowa now, which is fascinating. If you get if you recruit a good player, the chances are you're not going to have him at the end because he's 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 heading off. And then, then you try to catch guys on the way down. Um, from the F from the major conference teams, So it's a, it's a very, that world really changed that South Dakota state, Northern Iowa world. Yeah, it's, it would be, there, there's plenty to manage at every level. It would be really tough at that level um, yeah. because you're basically serving as a feeder for, for the high major teams. And like you say, you're trying to catch guys on the way down too and, and manage the rest of your roster. So yeah, it's, it's not an enviable, enviable position to, to be in by, by any means. They made it, they made a good move by, you know, catching Charlie easily when he left, when he yes. left, you, what. you know, Nebraska. And, and that kid had a great a, year. Yeah. Situation where he went there after being a walk on here, play his ass off, you know, he played really good this year and I think he's just was technically a sophomore. So he's got more hoops ahead of him. And so it goes both ways, but yeah, it would be really hard to be at that level. Yeah. Okay. What else is on the docket? A little baseball this weekend. Um, Nebraska hosting Iowa out at Haymarket Park. Um, they've got uh, they've got Omaha tonight. We don't need to talk about that because by the time you listen to that the game, will probably be over. By the time you listen to this game, will probably be over. Just starting. So Omaha tonight. And, and well, yeah, it's yeah Omaha tonight, six thirty. 
Get out to the I'm ballpark. Just, I just started following sports, Baz. I know, I know. It's your first. It's your first day following sports. But Omaha tonight and at, at Haymarket. At Haymarket at six thirty. They played Kansas State at Haymarket last night. Uh, so back to back midweek games, but games that matter this weekend. You've got three against Iowa. Iowa's tied for fourth right now in the Big Ten. They're eight and four. Nebraska, more importantly, is tied for eighth uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, okay. They're percentage points ahead of Purdue for what would be the final spot in the Big Ten tournament. Nebraska's five and seven. They've got four Big Ten series left. You've got Iowa tied for fourth, and you've got Illinois, who's second. And then you've got Minnesota, who's 13th, and Michigan State, who's 11th. So you've got two teams above you, two teams below you. You're playing pretty good ball these last two games. Can Nebraska carry it into the weekend? Because the Big Ten games are what matter for Nebraska. You're not getting an at-large bid. We all know that. The only way Nebraska's even sniff in the NCAA tournament is if they win the Big Ten tournament. And they've got to qualify for the Big Ten tournament in order to win it. So can you get to where you're finishing above 500 in the league? I think if Nebraska can do that, if they can win 13, which means you've got to go eight and four down the stretch here uh, in your last 12 conference games, then you got a pretty good shot. Now you got to go do it. We, we saw what happened and said a not great Indiana team over the weekend. Nebraska played really poorly the first two nights, lost, lost both those games. And then, um, absolutely demolished the Hoosiers on Sunday, 19-7. So which Nebraska team shows up, we'll see. Nebraska, Iowa's got some really good arms. We're going to throw at Nebraska. Some guys that are going to make it really tough on Nebraska's offense, which is, has been either boom or bust this year pretty much, and a lot more bust than boom, which is why Nebraska is where they are. So it's a rivalry series, obviously, Nebraska-Iowa. Iowa was kind of a series last year that kind of kick-started Nebraska a little bit early in the year. They went out there and played pretty well and kind of got things rolling. So – can you do it this weekend? You get them at home. You should have good weather. Can Nebraska find enough offense to, to win a game or win a couple games off the Hawkeyes and kind of get things rolling here? All right. There it is. Um, Baseball. There it is. Tied for eighth. Tied for eighth right now. Yeah. They're percent, they're like they're 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 percentage points ahead of ahead of Purdue for eighth. So if the tournament started tomorrow, Nebraska would be in, but just barely. So they they get they got work to do. There's no doubt about that. And they, they're going to have to make some hay against, you know, a couple of pretty good teams. Yeah. in Iowa and, and Illinois, and then you have to take care of business. You absolutely have to take care of business against Michigan state and Minnesota to even have a shot. So yeah, it starts, co- it starts this weekend. You covering that game tonight? Yeah, I'll be there. Okay. So that, so that series right now, Omaha versus Nebraska is one to one or is it? Oh, two. It's two to one Omaha. They've played three times. Omaha's won twice. Uh, all three games decided by one run. Um, Omaha's got a walk off. Nebraska's got a walk off and then Omaha it went down to the last pitch uh in the last game uh it was a one-run game in the ninth and and Omaha got a strikeout of Colby Gomez to end the game uh incited a little John each other the benches cleared a little bit so there's a little spice there for this one tonight and Omaha's playing good ball they're one game out of first in the summit league right now they're they're looking they're looking this thing going we could we could win a series against Nebraska this season and win three out of four Uh, maybe could have won four out of four so yeah I I don't want that to happen if I'm a Nebraska player or coach I I want nothing of that you do not want Omaha to be able to walk around all year saying we won the four game series three to one over the big yeah like and like I said the games this weekend are what matter but this game matters for a different reason. Like you, 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 if you're Nebraska, you, you've got to win this game because it's like you said, Sip, if you don't, then Omaha's walking around all offseason crowing. Creighton's walking around all offseason crowing. And, and every fan base is going, well, Nebraska's the third best team in the state this year. 
So it is what it is for Nebraska. It's it's a game that's meaningless as far as postseason things like that, but it's it's very much not meaningless in a lot of ways. Well, should we wrap this up? This is, of course, um, Parker's final podcast. He's he's leaving us uh, at the at the end of this week. He made the announcement on, on social media earlier this week. Sipple and I are, are in our feelings. Um, miss you guys. Talked about early. Yeah, no, you won't. You'll be fine. <laughs> no, <laughs> All right. No, I mean, it's oh, funny. Parker, I, go ahead, Parker. Go ahead. Go someone asked me on the, yeah, this, someone asked me on the, the on the radio earlier on Wednesday. Like if I had a favorite story or something from my four and a half years on the beat here. And I, I said, and I didn't even really think about it. Um, I said, but then I was thinking about it after. And I, it's actually extremely true that it doesn't really, it's not, won't really be the memorable part of, of having been here for four and a half years. What there's, we've seen a lot of weird shit, honestly, but, um, and <laughs> mostly a lot of it from each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and, and certainly some memorable moments, um, but the stuff that is actually um, meaningful that I'll, you know, remember and all of that, not to sound too sappy, is all, I mean, just the ungodly number of hours that the three of us have spent together, you know, not just like on a podcast or whatever, but in the car going to West Lafayette and here, there and everywhere around the Big Ten and all of that. It's just like, a, it's hard for... I think we try on this podcast, like we try to give people some insight into what, like our, what covering the stuff is like. Um, it's, we're, I mean, I won't speak for you guys, but I'm, I mean, I just, every time I always try to remind myself every time we are at a game or, or whatever, or just any day, if it gets busy or, or stressful or whatever, like how fortunate we are to like get to write about sports as our jobs and talk about sports as our jobs. It's just like insane that anybody would pay us to do this, but uh, it isn't glamorous all the time, you know, when you're driving to West Lafayette or whatever. And I just like, I just had so much fun traipsing around big 10 country with you guys. It's it's uh, like when Baz starts yelling at Sipple in the car, you know, you've made it to like Waverly wherever yeah, wherever, yeah. Wherever. we're barely, <laughs> barely an hour into the drive <laughs> when the first f-bombs fly you know you've at least made it past like 56 yeah oh yeah we had a lot of fun oh yeah well people should know parker has an incredible sense of humor i mean he does I, that is the it was a very bizarre period with you two um because you both have incredible senses of humor i it's hard to describe, but I would say this on a serious note, Parker made us better. And that's, uh, I mean, definitely made me better. And that's a, that's about as good a compliment as you can give anybody in the world. I think he made us better, totally right? not better as an organization, better, better, well, better as an organization, but better as humans, I think. Oh, um, I don't better, know about that for me. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you speak for yourself on that one. Well, you know, I, yeah, I, no, I know what you're saying. He made my world a lot easier. I mean, with this sense of humor, I mean, we, we do cover stuff that can be stressful. <laughs> Parker never, I was saying this on the radio today, he never got rat. he never gets rattled over anything. I mean, that is incredibly valuable. In fact, not only does he not get rattled, he usually just has a really good sense of humor about everything. Um, so that was beautiful. 
Yeah, I, we can, I could go on. I've always felt that Parker's, I mean, so, so it doesn't sound too sappy. What I tell people is I think he's underachieving at a massive level right now. Um, <laughs> and, and, that, and I, I think he should be running Exxon or something like that. I don't, I don't, like, I always want to say, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Why don't you, why aren't you the head of a law firm in, you know, San Francisco or Chicago or something? I don't but anyway, you're a damn good sports writer, and Lincoln is very, very Nebraska. And Nebraska, I guess, period, is very lucky that they had you for as long as they did. Well, yeah, I, don't, yeah. cry, Bass. don't cry, Bass. Don't cry. I'm emotional right now. It's building. But, no, I, but rip. no, you nailed it, Sip. He's a he's a guy that's become a friend to both of us. I think I'm not going to try and be too sappy here either because we don't want that. But we're going to miss the guy. Like he he was a lot of fun to hang out with. He was a lot of fun to work with. He's a good dude. On top of that, and it, look, in this job, like you guys know it, and maybe some people don't, how much time you, you spend together with each other in this job. When you're driving all over Big Ten country, when you're sharing hotel rooms, you're sharing meals, you're sharing press boxes, you're, you're in the office, you're at, I mean, you're around each other a lot, a lot. And you, you need guys that are skilled at their job, uh, absolutely, but you need you need to be able to get along with the people you're working with too, and you need to enjoy the people you're working with. And and we certainly have had that the last the last four plus years with Parker and, and with Sip and with myself. I think we've got a pretty good dynamic. So I'm going to be sad to see that go. But you got to have the right people, and we had the right people uh, for the last four years, and certainly we yeah. Have the right and this rest of the staff too. I mean, Brent, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, but yeah, never think about it. All that like if you just keep it at football. We never had any really bad moments with Parker. Now, Baz, you yelled at me a few times. <laughs> you like, and I, you and I have caught nearly come to blows a couple times. <laughs> Chicken and in my throat. throat. We can admit that. Yeah, you almost <laughs> died on the way back when we thought when we that was like that might have been a low light actually. Just like all things not, considered, that was mm-hmm. it's hilarious now. But man, that was that was. When? What time? What day? What when you, you when you ver- when you nearly died in the back seat. Uh, I home chicken in my throat. Yeah. 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 We, that was okay. So this was we we have time for a story. Um, we've probably told this on the podcast before, but we'll tell it again. Um, in 17, 2017, everybody knew. I mean, it was getting to the point where it was like pretty much. It was clear what was going to happen, Mike Riley, and that's this is Mike Riley's there. last year. Yeah. Yeah. But. Bill, the, the setup is that Bill Moose had been hired and he said categorically from his first day that he doesn't believe in firing coaches midseason. So there was actually this like a little bit of a sense of respite, at least on the beat of like, hey, you don't have to be staring at your phone constantly or waiting for the call or checking with people every single day because – Bill said categorically and over and over and over again, like the decision will be made after the last games played. So there's a beautiful 11 a.m. game on the schedule in Minneapolis. And it was like sort of the deep breath before the plunge, you know, like go up there and have a nice weekend and go out to eat after the game and be in Minneapolis and have a great time and whatever. <laughs> and uh, what was the guy's name? Anthony Smith, uh, Rod- Rodney Smith. Rodney Smith, Smith. And the opening kickback for a touchdown finished like 56 to 14 or something like that. I mean, it was, it was terrible. Yeah, it was bad. Sid Hartman, yeah. uh, the, the great 
uh, Sid Hartman, like literally at one point yelled in the press box, like to his, I don't know what the guy's name was, Bob or something. He's like, Hey Bob, does Nebraska really suck this bad? (laughs) Yes. uh, The answer was yes. Uh, And it was so bad that we caught wind that they were going to have a a call in on Sunday morning to decide if they could wait the last two weeks, if they could really actually wait the last two weeks before they fired Mike. And so we went from having a Saturday night um, in Minneapolis, a relaxing Saturday night after an 11 a.m. game to deciding that we needed to get in the car and, and drive back to Lincoln so that we'd be around if they decided to, to ax him the next morning. And so it was a scramble. Like we weren't packed. We weren't planning on driving back all this. And, and we, and I was staying with a friend in St. Paul. And so we were driving here, there and everywhere to get back on the road. And we like drove through a Wendy's. Uh, yeah. And it was like raining. It was yeah, cold rain. It was like 40 degrees and rain. Yeah, fog yeah. and rain and all that. And then simple, like literally as we were like, we hadn't even made it out of the drive through yet. And simple just like started choking on a chicken bone. I think there are more than one involved. And, and I believe the words that came out of my mouth were, go ahead and die, Sipple. Like I said something to that effect. <laughs> Just go ahead and die and we'll drive you home. That's where I was at mentally and emotionally. It was a rough moment. We got yeah, home at like yeah. 2.30 in the morning. Oh. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah, it was horrible. So anyway. So, and look, we never got, we never yelled at each other or anything. No, I mean, like, not seriously. No, if, except for when Baz told if, you that you could. If die. we're calling that the low point of the last four years, and that's, that's true, that's not too bad. Pretty good. So we did pretty good. We it's had amazing a good one. if you think about it. Yeah, and 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 I don't mind saying it. Parker had a lot to do with that. He was very. Yep. He did. I mean, if you think about Baz, I mean, you never had to worry about any really anything. I mean, it was it was incredible, really. You and I, you and I are kind of all over the place. Sip. Yeah, and, frantic. And, and I don't. You know, we're kind of frantic and we kind of will have outbursts every now and then. And it was good to have that that calming influence. I don't uh, have outbursts. You have outbursts. Well, I have outbursts. I have yeah. outbursts at you because I'm just vaguely there. aware of what's going on most of the time. And you, and you keep yeah. me in, you guys keep me in focus. But that sense of humor is the biggest thing. My God, those trips gotta are have hilarious. It. Yeah, they're hilarious. Yeah, gotta have it in, the, in this profession, no doubt. Well, Let's wrap it up on that before we get too deep into our feelings here. Uh, we th- thank you guys for tuning in for the last four plus years. The podcast will continue yeah. in some form or another uh, going into the summer. And, and we'll see, we'll see who, who the journal store finds to replace Parker. Parker, we love you. We're going to miss you. And to the rest of you, we'll talk to you guys soon.